Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. KFI AM640. You're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Well, I'm watching the video. The uh, French are back in the streets today Can protesting the government. What, the pension reforms? By the thousands and thousands. And they're but crazy they, violent because they're they're being told they got to work till 64 instead of 62 for the pension. They're dressed just like the anarchists and all in black. Everybody's wearing completely dark clothing with little black uh, caps and uh, some of them wearing the balaclava over their face. Are wow. they, who are these people, though? Is this real or is this some, you know, French Antifa group? Because if you're in your 20s or 30s, you really give a crap whether you got to work to 62 or 64? You can't even conceive of that age. Yeah, I have no idea. I, I mean, I don't remember when I was 30 having any I, having any thought of what that would be like or, or caring what year you're going to retire. I, I, I don't, I, there's something phony about all this. There's something the UK phony about all retirement this. age is 66, and they may be moving towards that. Well, we, we raised it to 67, and, and I don't remember a, a, hardly anything about it. Well, well, in this country, it's quite different. I mean, these are probably more government to uh, Democrat or but their pensions that are backed by the government. Ours is just Social Security. And uh, right. the, later, the later you take your Social Security, the more money you get. So you can retire whenever you want, basically. R- but. R- right. But but to get to get the full benefits, you got to wait till he's 67 or you have a, a, a smaller check. Well, I think it's later than that now. I don't know. Is it 67? I think 67. Um, maximum benefits are at 70. If you can work yeah, till I think 70. 70 is when you have but, to start taking But the it. thing is they, they, they moved this up uh, uh, over the years. 
and Uh-oh. and it hardly caused a ripple. I don't, I, don't, I don't get this. What's with French guys, young French guys, uh, storming and, and, and committing all kinds of vandalism uh, over that? Sometime this hour, we're expecting the judge in the case of the death of little 10-year-old Anthony Avalos. Uh, the Lancaster boy died in 2018 at the hands of his mother and her live-in boyfriend, and the judge, there was an announcement yesterday that a verdict has been reached. It is a non-jury trial. So the judge is the one that is going to read the verdict. And that's expected to happen this hour. <clears throat> Heather Barron and her boyfriend, Kareem Leva, uh, should certainly, and I think it's all we can expect, life in prison without parole. But I'm sure they're going to be found guilty. But we'll find out and bring you that story. Right now, though, we begin the show with good news. Finally, in the case of the L.A. County District Attorney, George Gascon. There are a number of deputy DAs who have sued Gascon for retaliation because they said that your policies, in some cases, are not even legal. They violate things like Marcy's Law, which was written to help victims of crimes. And the decision yesterday was a million and a half dollars. An L.A. County jury has awarded to Sean Randolph, who sued Gascon, claiming she was transferred from supervising the DA's juvenile division and effectively demoted for speaking out against his policies, in this case, in particular, those concerning minors accused of crimes. There's 17 lawsuits against Gascon. There's uh, many other deputy DAs that are lined up to have their case heard in court. And after, after, we, after he loses three lawsuits, can we just have him pushed out of office rather than give taxpayer money, which is what this is? Uh, we're going to talk now with John Lewin. He was working in the DA's major crimes division before being transferred to a lower-level position for his public criticism of Gascon. And let's get uh, and John. he's got on. his own lawsuit. He's right. got his own lawsuit that he's filed. We've had him on a number of times. John, how are you? You know, I'm, I'm feeling much better today than I was two days ago. Did you follow uh, this I need trial to get this closely? Out of the way. First of all, uh, guys, do I have both John and Ken today? Who, yes. who do I have? Yes, we're both here. I got both of you. So first of all, I have to get this out of the way that obviously I'm speaking on my own behalf. Nothing I say represents anything to do with the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office. These are my own personal opinions. And I'm on my lunch hour, so we're good. So that <laughs> that out of the way, let me tell you where we're at. So since December 7th, 2020, um, the second worst thing to ever happen on December 7th, when George Gascon took over, it has been an absolute nightmare for the lawyers in our office. We lost so many who've just given up, um, been chased out. Uh, it's been a disaster, and it's been a disaster not just because the man is so wrong on his policies, which obviously we all know is, is the truth, but because he has illegally retaliated against anybody who questions his illegal conduct. Uh, there's a number of us. Uh, that he has done this to. Uh, Sean Randolph, who is a good friend of mine, she was in our juvenile division. Sean decided that, you know what? I am not going to allow myself to participate in breaking the law, which will result absolutely in more violence, in more deaths, in more violent offenders being out on the street. And Sean said, I'm not going to follow these illegal policies. She made it clear to George Gascon as what's called a whistleblower, and he retaliated against her by uh, transferring her 
by besmirching her reputation. And the defense attorneys were very aggressive. By the way, it's interesting. His defense lawyers, uh, same lawyers, same small law firm that's defending him on the civil service case we have going. And apparently another member of that law firm is doing, quote, an independent investigation of another DA, uh, Shea Santa. So it's interesting. I don't know how independent it is, but that law firm defended George Gascon, and the jury decided yesterday that, in fact, George Gascon, the highest-ranking law enforcement professional in this community, had violated the law. Uh, he testified, and they didn't believe him. His second-in-command, uh, Joseph Iniguez, a guy who had five years of experience, I believe, he was a grade two when he was made the number two guy in the office. He testified they didn't believe him either. So uh, it's a great day for not just DAs in Los Angeles, but for the community as a whole, for our county as a whole, because this is the beginning of the end for George Gascone. He is finally going to end up being held accountable. And for the safety of everybody in this county, it cannot happen soon enough. Gascone is facing about a dozen of these lawsuits. They're all similar. Is he now likely to lose all of them? Well, listen, um, I can tell you that my understanding, I know almost every person who filed a lawsuit, these are some of the top lawyers in our office, and um, the allegations are very similar. Individuals pointed out that he was violating the law, and George Gascon retaliated against them. And the question is, what is their harm going to be? What are the damages going to be? Uh, Sean was awarded $1.5 million yesterday. And just so it's clear, this is being done not just to intimidate the individual lawyers, but it's being done to bully and to scare and to frighten lower-level prosecutors who are terrified of coming forward because most of them are younger most of them are not in as uh, good a financial position as us older lawyers. And so this victory yesterday is just huge for the morale of the office. And, yeah, do I think he's going to lose uh, a lot of lawsuits? Absolutely. And it's a shame that our tax money is going to go to pay for conduct by George Gascone that the Board of Supervisors uh, apparently uh, seems to condone because you don't hear anything from them other than uh, than Ms. Barger so, so on he, any criticism of the DA. He's going to publicly lose maybe a dozen lawsuits, cost us potentially tens of millions of tax dollars, and nobody on the County Board of Supervisors outside of Catherine Barger is going to say boo about this. It's all cool. I mean, but the jury said he, he broke the law in, in disciplining Sean Randolph and, and likely the, the other 12 or so prosecutors. Well, it's, wor it's, it's worse than that, guys, because remember, Gascon and Amigas got up and testified. If you believe their testimony, if you believe what they had to say, Sean loses. So this is the jury saying, Gascon, Aniguez, you weren't truthful. We don't believe you. So I think this is an extremely important moment. Because the problem with George Gascon is not just that he is wrong on policies, which he is. He is dead wrong on policies. Oh, yeah. His policies are killing and injuring and jeopardizing the lives of so many people in Los Angeles, primarily guys in communities of color. 
they are the ones that are paying the freight for these policies. And now the jury has spoken up and said, hey, listen, we're not going to allow you to go after dedicated career prosecutors who are not going to stand by and let George Gascon break the law and to force these individual prosecutors to participate in his misconduct. All right, hang on line. Can you stay on for another segment? I can stay on for as long as you guys like. Okay. We're going to continue with uh, John Lewin, a deputy DA uh, in this uh, L.A. County uh, District Attorney's Office. Gascon lost a case uh, in court yesterday. A jury did not believe him or his uh, top lieutenant over Sean Rudolph. She said she was transferred because she spoke out against Gascon's illegal policies regarding charging. And, and he testified in that trial. I remember that day he showed up to testify. Yeah. And I guess his own defense, and he lost. Idiot. The tough, the tough part here, again, is it's our tax money going out the door with all of these lawsuits. But yeah, you would think somebody would step up and say, you got to stop this retaliating against the deputy DAs. Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. We continue with John Lewin. Uh, John is a deputy district attorney who's, uh, uh, like everybody else in that office, been fighting George Gascon now for over two years. And he has a lawsuit against Gascon for uh, being transferred to a lesser position because uh, John publicly uh, criticized Gascon for all the illegal policies that Gascon has pushed. Uh, there's about a dozen other deputy DAs who've sued, and the first of them, Sean Randolph, she won yesterday, won a million and a half dollars. Uh, it was a jury trial, and the jury believed her, and the jury did not believe Gascon, who testified, uh, claiming that he did the right thing. And uh, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a big warning. Should be a big warning to the L.A. County supervisors that we are going to lose a lot of money because of Gascon's illegal behavior, not only the policies he's pushing, but uh, illegally uh, penalizing uh, whistleblowers who are trying to warn the public and Gascon of all the illegal acts that he's committing. Uh, let's continue with, with, with John. Are you there? I'm there. Uh, what, what's, what's the status of, of your lawsuit? Like what, what is the claim that you're making and, and where is it in the system? So my lawsuit was filed a couple of weeks ago. And, and just so it's clear, I did everything that I could do to avoid the litigation. I asked for reconsideration. I went through and attempted to meet with George Gascon, with the chief deputy. Uh, it's kind of ironic, guys, because um, right before they transferred me, I was in what's called our major crimes division. I was the longest-serving person in the history of that unit. And uh, there have only been two other people that have ever been transferred out involuntarily. One, uh, uh, there was an ethical issue, and the second person uh, had... Um, been insubordinate although in a in an understandable way but i'm the first person other than that uh it's ironic because george gascon gave me uh a lawyer of the year award right before he transferred me so uh status of my case um i want to get to court i'd like to get to court yesterday um my position is that i want to speak for all the deputies in this office who are working their asses off doing everything they can do to try to hold this county together while George Gascon and the public defenders he's brought in 
attempt to chase us out. Here's the problem. They want as many violent offenders on the street as possible. They want to free as many criminals on death row as possible. They do not care about protecting the public. To them, the violent offenders we prosecute are victims. And I understand their outlook. Uh, One, it's dangerous to the public. But two, where it becomes illegal, you cannot force your lawyers to commit crimes themselves or to violate their duties of candor to the court and to the ethical requirements of, of being a prosecutor. So my situation, I'm waiting to go to court. Um, there's a long line, guys. It, it, it's turning you know, out. I, you, know when you, you, know, you know how when you go to Disneyland and they say there's a 45-minute wait for Space Mountain yeah. and that's an hour and then that's an hour and a half? Um, the line right now is uh, somewhere up to Angel Stadium. Uh, you know, the, there are so many lawsuits that have been filed. Uh, I don't know when they will all get litigated. Yeah, you know, the average person, what you said about Gascon and and his uh, lieutenants is true. They really want to release violent people from the prisons, and they really don't want to prosecute violent criminals anymore. And they don't care who gets hurt. And I think the average person finds it difficult to believe that is true. That is maybe just hyperbolic rhetoric, but it actually is true. And that same person listening now is going, why? Who would want to release or not prosecute violent criminals so they could harm or kill innocent people? What, what, what is this about exactly? Well, their view, and, and this is shaped by individuals like Mike Romano and uh, Chemerinsky, uh, legal minds at Stanford and, and Berkeley, who believe that the biggest problem in our criminal justice system is, is mass incarceration. And what they don't understand is that those violent individuals that they are letting out, where do you think they're going? They are victimizing communities of color. You look at the victims that have come forward publicly during the recall, et cetera. Almost all of them are people of color. Well, they know so that, the, but, but, but they know that, don't they? They know they're victimizing largely people of color who are getting uh, harmed, hurt, injured, killed. They know well, this. They're, so they're, what, 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 what do they have against all these innocent people of color who are the victims? Well, their viewpoint is that in the end, it is more important to make their statements about uh, mass incarceration and institutional racism than it is to protect the public. And here's the problem. We are at the back door. There are many, many problems. Certainly systematic racism has been an issue in this country for, for hundreds of years. The problem for us is that as prosecutors, our responsibility is to protect the public. We are at the back door, guys. We are not at the front door. What I mean by that, and I'll tell you who speaks more eloquently about this than anybody is my friend and co-worker, John McKinney, who's running for district attorney, who ought to be the next district attorney of this county. And John understands being African-American growing up in uh, a very difficult situation back east. He understands, and the rest of us understand, that we cannot do anything about all the numerous problems that you see. They range from issues of drug use and family members in prison and individuals who 
are not educated and there's not an emphasis on education in those families as people are are just trying to make it or are incarcerated, et cetera. So the problem is you have a multitude of factors that are leading individuals committing crime. All of us want to try to help nonviolent offenders. Um, All of us want to try to make the system better. But in the end, our primary responsibility is protecting the public. So it's kind of like when you look at what do we want to do, our first job, our responsibility is protect the public. Once we do that, then you start looking at what can we do to try to deal with recidivism? How can we help people? And one of the biggest problems, it's not just George Gascon. He's a disaster. But it's the policies and the legislation that he is either writing himself or sponsoring. So one of the disingenuous things that he does is he will blame, he will say, well, uh, I'm just following the law. He forgets to tell the public those are laws that I wrote, I sponsored, I supported. Um, All right. I'm just going to give you an example, guys. Uh, I get angry every day. John, John, we're just, we're just, we'll, we'll talk again soon, and we can get into more of this. But we got to, we got to take a news yeah, break now, yeah, and then we got that, uh, that a jury verdict coming. All right, thanks a lot, John Lewin. Yeah, Deputy that's John DA. Lewin, LA County Deputy DA. His own retaliation lawsuit against uh, George Gascon, and of course the big announcement: uh, there was a winner. Another deputy DA won her retaliatory lawsuit against Gascon. More coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM640. We're on live from 1 till 4 on the radio. And then after 4 o'clock, you can hear the show as a podcast on the iHeartRadio app. John and Ken On Demand. Yeah, we're standing by for a verdict in the case of the death of little Anthony Avalos, who died in 2018 at the hands of his mother and a live-in boyfriend. Another one of these horrible stories involved, of course, L.A. County child welfare workers, where a boy was returned to the family time and time again, and eventually they killed him. This is a judge decision. There is no jury, and as soon as we get the verdict, it's supposed to be announced soon, we'll pass it along to you. One of the big international stories, of course, is the four Americans who were kidnapped just over the border in Mexico from Texas. Uh, the the news today is that uh, two of them uh, have been found alive and two of them are dead. And uh, there's more detail on this. We'll get now from Jim Ryan, ABC News for KFI. Jim, how are you? Hey, guys. How are you? Well, what happened uh, when these four went across the border? They were in a van. They were. They were in a minivan that had North Carolina license plates. It was a rented white minivan. Uh, the four of them from South Carolina, Latavia McGee, who was 35, went down there for a medical procedure, for some plastic surgery. And a lot of people apparently do this every year. According to the CDC, about a million people every year seek medical care, a procedure, medicine outside the U.S., in Canada or Mexico or the Caribbean or somewhere else. Uh, So that's what uh, she was doing. She took three friends with her, including a cousin named Shahid Woodard. So the four of them went over the bridge from Brownsville, Texas, into Matamoros on Friday. They were there for about a half, uh, well, for about an hour looking for this medical clinic that where McGee had an appointment they couldn't find it there was some sort of confusion they called the doctor's office but there was a problem with communication they ended up in the wrong place and the van came under attack by gunmen who jumped out opened fire riddled the minivan with bullet holes and took these four hostage or, or grabbed them and kidnapped them put them in the back of a pickup truck and drove away 
So that's uh, where we stood over the weekend. Uh, this morning we got word that uh, that they had been found, that Latavia McGee and Eric Williams, who was driving the minivan, the two of them were alive, but that Shaheed Woodard and Zindel Brown were dead. Now, were, were those two killed during the initial uh, kidnapping? We don't know about that, but uh, we're told by investigators that that the, these people were shuttled around from place to place in, in Matamoros over the weekend to avoid detection by the military. They knew it was after them, and today uh, the military finally caught up with them. Is there any uh, anyone in law enforcement who thinks that these four had any connection to the drug cartels? No, they didn't. Uh, they, they were strictly down there. That these four, these four had nothing at all to do with that. They were, again, down there for this medical procedure. But uh, investigators tell ABC News that the gunman believed that these four may have targeted them because... They thought this group of Americans were rival human traffickers, that the gunmen were running a, a human smuggling operation. They're battling for control over the smuggling routes into the U.S. and thought that these people were human smugglers like they were. They got into what they thought was a shootout and, and took these four. Uh, right. They kidnapped him. Just so, because there yeah. was four of them in a van, there was nothing else that would lead the the, the, the killers to believe Apparently that these were not. human smugglers. They were just driving a van, and they didn't like the look of them, and so they they wailed away. It's something like that. That appears to be what it was. Four African-Americans in a van with North Carolina license plates. They knew they were Americans and suspected, apparently, according to investigators, that they were rival uh, human traffickers. And this, and what, th- go ahead. what were the circumstances of uh, of them being found? Were they by themselves? Where were they found exactly? They were found in a little house just outside Matamoros on the edge of town. Apparently there was one gunman there posted with them, but he was arrested. He was taken into custody. And then uh, the four were found out uh, where I'm unclear is whether they the, whether the two bodies were there with the two living the, you know, with the survivors or whether they were in separate places. That's not clear. But uh, Latavia McGee and Eric Williams. Williams had a gunshot wound to the leg, apparently sustained in the in, in the kidnapping. Uh, those two are back in the U.S. now. It's, uh, Shayid Woodard and the body of uh, his body and Zindel Brown's are still in Mexico. And that's and, that's that section supposed to be uh, uh, under a. A danger warning from the U.S. government, right? Yeah, the State Department on Friday, in fact, uh, at around the time this happened, was issuing an advisory against travel to that part of Mexico. These kinds of advisories have been posted you know, all along the border, really, where uh, the drug cartels are operating, human smugglers are operating on the other side of the border. And so, yeah, that's uh, it, it is considered a pretty dangerous place. I've been down there to Matamoros before. It's a sprawling community of uh, about 600,000 people just the other side of the Rio Grande from Brownsville, Texas. All right, Jim, thank you very much for that right. report. Thanks, guys. Uh, Jim Ryan, ABC News for KFI, with the update that came down this morning on the four Americans who were kidnapped in a place called Matamoros, Mexico, just over the border from Texas. And um, that happened over the weekend. But today they were discovered and two were alive, two were dead. Did you see that uh, there's reports that uh, the woman wanted to get a tummy tuck done? Yeah, that's supposedly what it was. As you heard Jim say, a lot of people go to Mexico for medical procedures, and that one is a lot cheaper there. That is... Yeah, I, I, that itself is really dangerous. Uh, tummy oh, tucks, operated on tummy in, tucks in are serious procedures. Yeah, you can bleed out easily. Yeah. Things like I, that can happen. You talk about putting yourself in play. 
You drive to a place that's so dangerous, the U.S. government has a warning against travel there, and then you're going to get a tummy tuck of all things, some major surgery in some sketchy neighborhood where you can't even find the address, can't even contact the doctor. Yeah, I believe that they were probably mistaken for Haitian smugglers because you heard Jim say they were African-Americans from South Carolina, and it just must have been some rush to judgment that these must be rival smugglers from Haiti, yeah. and let's go round them up. And uh, that's what they did. They kidnapped them. A you bystander just, was even killed, too, during the whole confrontation. You can't go to these sections of Mexico. Uh, this, yeah, this I would is, say that's a good idea. I, just can't go. particularly, I wouldn't. Uh, I no. think that's across from Brownsville. In Brownsville, Texas, right, right. Brownsville, Texas is kind of like in the southern western corner of Texas, and right across the border is nothing but violence. There is no law. There is no one to appeal to. All right, more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM six forty. We're live everywhere in the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken on demand from KFI AM six forty. Yep. Well, we're standing by for a verdict in the case of little Anthony Avalos. The boy was killed by his mother and his or mother's live-in boyfriend. This is one of the Lancaster boys that died at the hands of at least one of their parents. And, of course, involved child services intervening, not doing a very good job as usual. So Brutal these, torture that went on for, for a long time. This it, kid had, I mean, they were holding him upside down on his head, making him kneel on rice. They were, on, they were dropping him all over the place. Dropping and, him on his head over and over again until he died. Now, he did die, and we have a trial that was just uh, a judge. There is no jury. That judge announced yesterday that 1.30 p.m. today, he would announce his verdicts. And we still don't have any official word on the decision. I can't believe it's not going to be guilty, probably of the worst or most of the charges. Well, I trust the judge way more than moron jurors. I know. And uh, the pattern has been that these parents are being found guilty by juries. In fact, a couple uh, a few years back did get the death penalty. That's not in play here. This yeah. would be life in prison without parole. Yeah, uh, because Gascon, if you remember, as soon as he took office, he announced that a sentence of death is never appropriate in any case. Uh, not even dropping a young, a young boy on his head repeatedly till he dies. Even that's not worthy of the death penalty. Now, coming up after 2 o'clock, it's important that you listen. It's something that has really puzzled us for quite some time now about the Democrats in Sacramento and Governor Dippity Doo, and for that matter, most of the public officials in Southern California, the fact that they don't seem to want to go after criminals and add enhancements for using a gun during a crime. You would think this crowd that is just so over the top for gun control would also hand out extra punishments for using a gun during a crime, but they're against that. Well, uh, it, it, just recently, they announced new gun control laws in Sacramento, and we talked about this, but what about you know enhancements for the guys that actually commit the crimes with see, guns? They, they, they want to go after people possessing the guns, but the people who use the guns and actually kill... They actually commit they, a crime. They, they don't want a gun enhancement. They don't, because again, it's all about not putting people in prison. Oh, it's they, a strange disconnect that we can't figure out here in the Johnny well, Kent show. You know what it is? They want to disarm because, the whole public, and that way they don't think anybody will ever go to prison because no more crimes will be committed. Over, I don't know. Overwhelmingly, they're obsessed with race. All this stuff leads back to race. And and, and they're, they're looking at, at many of the criminals are minorities who end up going to prison. 
And 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 because they're looking at race and not the action of the person committing the crime, it means now that they want everybody to be out of jail or never to go to jail to begin with. So this brings us to Assembly Bill 328. The author is a Republican from the Inland Empire, Bill Asali. Uh, he will join us after the news at 2 o'clock because reports are that the Assembly Public Safety Committee is going to kill the bill. And what it would have done is restored mandatory 10 to 20 life firearms enhancements in and, cases. And going back to what John Lewin said, the deputy D earlier, earlier the, the real losers in this are the minority victims of these crimes. The vast majority of victims in these gun crimes are minorities. And they're the ones not getting justice. And they're the ones that these Democratic legislators don't care about. They want to protect uh, minority criminals at the expense of minority victims. Because all they're looking at is skin color, and they're not looking at the action that's being committed. It's crazy and sick. So we'll talk about it with Bill after the news at 2 o'clock. Well, we turn now to the dead chicken desk. Do we have one? We should bird get it. Bird flu has taken an incredible toll on the bird or the chicken population in the United States. 58 million birds in 47 states have been affected by the latest bird flu outbreak, which began early last year. It is the biggest in the nation's history. It even spilled over into mammals such as mink, foxes, raccoons, and bears. They actually had to kill 58 million chickens? Yeah. Where do you put all the bodies? Do what I heard today? They call them broilers. Maybe chickens have been like actually consumed. Eight billion in the U.S. That's oh, a lot of chicken. Overall time or? No, last year. Just this year? Yeah, I think last year. We're Eight billion chickens? Well, you think about all the places that serve chicken, and there's 300 million Americans, not all of them of which eat chicken, but chicken's one of the most... Everybody's got a chicken sandwich now. Every freaking fast food restaurant introduced like a new chicken sandwich. It became the hottest thing to eat the last couple of years. I don't think I had one. No, you don't eat chicken sandwiches. Eight billion chickens eaten, and I didn't have one of them. Not even a half of one. Neither did I. Well, the update to this story is, and I think we even joked about this a while back... They want to give the chickens vaccines. That's what the U.S. Yeah. is considering. The Biden administration is considering the possibility of vaccinating poultry. And, and they have to wear masks. Oh, and they have to separate. <laughs> yeah, they got to be at least six feet apart. Well, California already has that law, don't they? That's, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I don't know if it's six feet for the, or not. For the egg-laying chicken. No, you have to have your own condo if you're an egg-laying chicken in California. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, two-bedroom. No. And well, this is H5N1 is the particular bird flu that we're talking about. And the other concern here, although the risk is considered low, this could jump to people and create the kind of havoc we had with the dopey uh, coronavirus for the last three years. Uh, was, there uh, are 6,000 people being monitored right now for was, exposure. Was this virus manufactured somewhere, too? I don't know. It's a good question. I trust um, nothing anymore. No. So they've been testing potential poultry vaccines, and there are discussions about a large-scale bird flu vaccination program for poultry. How do you hold down so, a chicken to plunge the needle? Uh, I'm not sure it would be a needle. It doesn't say. Or there could be another method of delivery when it comes to you put it in the feed, maybe, or you can do something with the... I don't know. I don't know. I, no, it's not <laughs> in the story. 
but it's a six billion dollar poultry export industry and they're yeah. the ones fighting this because they believe that this is going to uh, be a barrier uh to the exports of the chickens so not only do we consume a lot of chickens a lot of chickens they're, are sent out of the country for people to eat they're fighting the vaccine they are they think it would have an impact it would be a barrier to exports maybe other countries wouldn't like that they think oh was, they have the vaccine in the system yeah. yeah possibly a vaccine in the system of the chicken that people are going to consume yeah well, yeah well who knows maybe that's not good who knows i mean there, there are some weird side effects from these covid vaccines Right. I well, mean, then let's just not eat chicken, and then we don't have to worry about it. I'm with you. I'm I'm anti-eating chicken. Oh, I'm a chicken eater. That really? is my number one meat. You would be. By far. <laughs> What's wrong with chicken? There you go. <laughs> They're Pork an is animal. a close second. I eat beef third. Rarely eat beef. What's second? Pork. 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 Pig. Pork. I'm pro-pork. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're pro-pork. I yeah. You like your hot dog and your... Oh, bacon. Yeah. And right bacon. Oh, yeah, of course. Sure. Right, but... A good slice of. Uh, I just don't. Pork. I don't. I don't like the. T- oh. I don't like the taste of chicken. I just don't like the the the, the feeling of it in my mouth. Yeah. The texture of it. Yeah, I've never heard that. Uh, yeah, broilers is the industry term for chickens raised for their meat, mm. and that's most of the exported poultry. So that's why there's some problem because apparently <laughs> I didn't know there's the National Chicken Council, and they oppose vaccination. They represent the broiler industry. The National Chicken Council. 58 million dead chickens. Yeah, because we talked about this. What they have to do is wipe them all out because it's too hard to... Yeah, how do they do that? How do they kill them all? We we talked about that. They take away their oxygen. Oh, right. Yeah, and then what do they do with the bodies? Uh, Somebody has to go in there and bag them. Big chicken graves or do they... I'm sure they burn them. So just a big chicken roast thing. Yeah, that's a big barbecue. Wow. All right, coming up That's next, it. we're going to talk to uh, Assemblyman Bill Asali from Corona. He's a Republican, and he's got a bill which would bring back gun enhancements for crimes. That's right. If you use a gun during yeah. a crime, a brandish, discharge, or inflict great bodily injury with a firearm, you could get additional prison time. It looks like the bill's going to die in Sacramento. Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Mark live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to the John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. 
Heck yeah. And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.